I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Aussie Rugby Show in podcast form. If you're new to the setup, you can stay on top of and be a part of what's happening with the show simply by following Rugby Pass and the Aussie Rugby Show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And a bit of a language warning in this week's episode. Enjoy. This is the Aussie Rugby Show brought to you by Extra Hop Stops Breaches 84% Faster. I'm Louise Ransom, joined as always by Drew Mitchell, Stephen Hoyles, Sean Maloney. Guys, we're at the Union Hotel, the home of North's. Back on your side of the bridge, Sean Maloney. Yeah, the Bury crew, um, good enough to have us back. Uh, today, though, we're repping North's Pirates rugby. Yeah, the juniors. Yeah. The juniors, they play out of Primrose and Tunks Park. Great we junior are, club. Are the, pir- <laughs> the Pirates. Um, and obviously, a number of these youngsters running around in this red and black will be looking to become Shawman one day because they're currently sitting second in the shoot shield going gangbusters, go the Pirates. Yeah, they certainly right. are. Well, <laughs> well, I'll be Norse boys until Sydney Uni get them over whoa, on scholarships. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Well, we can't go there. Chat yes, for another day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, guys, <laughs> what got you over the weekend, Hoylesy? What got you? Well, what got me was I think the South Africans are finally tuning in. Rugby's yeah. back over there and they took offence to your last round suggestion for draft pick with... Uh, who did you suggest? Oh, I, I thought, well, the fat redhead would be picked last. <laughs> but Kitchoff, he was, uh, he was picked first. Props are highly respected. Yeah, highly respected, but yeah. Reddy Erasmus saw the value in, <laughs> in picking a prop and anchoring down the scrum in this fixture. And uh, look, he's on my face, isn't yeah. it? Oh, he hasn't played yet, but no, look, it's, yeah. uh, I just realised that people in South Africa are watching. Erasmus has realised his props are the priority, and that's it, he's gone with their first pick. True. For me, uh, what got me was seeing an old teammate of mine, Ma Nonuk, uh, sign up to go back to an old club, Toulon. So uh, they needed a, a medical joker for the next few months. So Ma's just sort of been keeping himself fit back in New Zealand. Uh, I think he, he hadn't retired. I think no, he was he still planning to go to the Diego MLR. And that might happen after this medical joker. So um, obviously they see the value and they, they know what they've gotten from, from Ma on the field but also off the field. So great to see him How's back in the Rougette Noir, the red and black as well. No. How too long going at the moment? Uh, they're not too bad. They're uh, sort of fighting around the, the playoff spot. Okay. So, uh, last they're year, out of Europe? They're, yeah, they're, oh, no, they're, they're playing in the Challenge Cup. So oh, the, yep. the second tier European um, uh, yep. final. They're in that uh, and... Rusting and Exeter in the, in the, yeah, cha- in the Champions Cup final. Lou, what have you got? I've got North related and Shoot Shield related on the weekend doing an interview with Tim Metcher, the South's captain, and just a little in the background, a little dancing going on. There's good vibes, yeah, isn't it, North? Just feeling it, wasn't he? Just, yeah. He can move. Yeah, really yeah, quite loose in the warm up. He was ready to go. It, was a, it wasn't the first that. time. It was the only one that was caught on camera. There was a couple of guys from it, North that came up and showed their moves. It looked as though he's a reserve, which probably makes you think that he's played a game of footy beforehand. So, played yeah. too. Keep yeah. warm. Maybe. 
Maybe he also knows that he's close to one of these and he can just relax a little bit. I like it. Okay, moving on. Big stories, and gee, there's some good ones this week, uh, all centred around the rugby championship, of course. So, guys, last week, Rugby Australia and Sansa held a press conference in Sydney to say that the draw was set in place, everything was good to go ahead. Seven minutes after they've held this news conference, New Zealand Rugby Union send out a statement and say, no, 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 we didn't agree to all of this. What was your take on that? So you're saying New Zealand is seven minutes behind Australia? Is that what you're <laughs> sure where you're going with this, Lou. You love bashing the Only seven minutes. Oh, look, it's, it's typical of what's happened in COVID. There's been so many discussions and disagreements over what the Super Rugby format should look like, how many teams they think we should have. It's just, it is what it is, and thankfully we've got footy coming up next week. It's, it's confusing to actually explain it, but basically the understanding we have is that Australia supported New Zealand on both proposals, and New Zealand have sort of they wanted us to do a certain thing when the tournament was going to be played over there mm. and then when the tournament got moved to over here they weren't prepared to do the exact same thing so it's all about trying to get the All Blacks home for Christmas with their families which we totally get but you can't put that in front of player safety and the South Africans and the Argentinians are coming off next to no rugby to jump into test match footy so yeah. there has to be adequate time in between games for them to play test I, matches. I don't really have an opinion on this because I think it's so yeah. fucking draining. <laughs> like, to be honest, like, so, so many <laughs> rugby supporters... Really so many rugby supporters <laughs> like me, and I, I, I love the game, I want to know what's going yeah. on, but just tune out because it's all just played out and it's toing and froing and it's they said this, they said yeah. that. Like, it's about one, one thing the pandemic's you know, yeah. shown us is you can get on a effing Zoom call and yeah. get in front of each other, have a chat, iron it out. Don't seven minutes after a press release come out and say something then have them come back. Like, just iron yeah. it out. We don't need to hear that. Get, every, get everyone on the same page and then release it and then announce it and then just let the, let the boys play. It's typical like, of rugby oh, though. It's just too much. It is, a, it is a really bad look on the game when everything gets played out in the public. Yeah. Like, this could have been sorted out with anyone knowing. Like, don't make public statements and don't announce things unless everyone's signed off. And I'm just get your shit together so the game doesn't look like it's at amateur, amateur status yeah. at suit level and that's a shame because the, it's got nothing to do with the players yeah, the players are the one, the players are the ones that would honestly hand on heart say I don't care where I play just let me play rugby for my country the yeah. cynic in me also thought that maybe it moves the story along a little bit from the fact that New Zealand actually lost the, the sort of right to host the rugby championship as well it, it sort of took the focus off all of that and moved it on now to another issue yeah, perhaps a little tactical play, a bit of deflection, but I mean, either way, like, unfortunately we're talking about this and not what's going on in camp and all mm. that sort of stuff, you know. There's so many great storylines going into this rugby championship that we could be talking about, but unfortunately there's a couple of guys in suits that want us to be talking about them and they've made a point of it. And surely this is a win for RA over um, NZR. Yeah, it's 1-0 the... in the blitters already. Well, I was going to say, we should call <laughs> it off. We've got one hand on the coach. Let's just call it off. Jeez, it's our one-test series. And our, and it's ours to lose. Our yeah. management team just got it sorted. Off the back of all the drama around Super Rugby and them only wanting two teams and all that sort of stuff, yeah. it kind of feels like there's some subterfuge yeah. going, you know what? Yeah, and there's there's new administration over there, like Steve Tews resigned and it's Robinson, new CEO, and yeah. Rob Clark's doing So it's always a bit of a power play of, you know, who gets to sort of puff their chest a little bit but you know, I just can't wait for the games to start. Yeah, I'm with you too. Well, with one, you too. Good, one good thing leading into that is they've started playing rugby in South Africa, which, which is a great thing with yep. the Springboks heading over here. Uh, exciting for them that they've actually got back on the field now and, and starting to get some hit-outs. Yeah, they've left their run a little bit late, yeah. but they have to because have of the to. situation with COVID over there. It's a, it's a good thing they're playing. Ideal, look, it is an ideal, but the fact is they're the world champions. Depth has never been an issue for them. Uh, I'm not sure what the status is with the players based in Europe, but yeah. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to get access to the ones they need. Um, 
But if they don't, the thing we've always spoken about South Africa, like you've seen a whole heap of their sevens are now back in Super 15 yeah. or Super Rugby program. So they've still got a very talented bunch to pick from. Yeah, I mean, in terms of those players from overseas, a lot of them will be involved in some of these finals that are coming up. So we might see them, but perhaps at a later right. date in the, yeah. in the rugby championship. But like you say, they have got plenty of depth. It's, it's, I mean, just some, some of the new guys that have come through in, in the highlights I've seen over the weekend from South Africa, there is some genuine gas in yeah. South Africa. Oh, yeah, lightning. They're outside backs. I mean, they've oh, Pimpi and Corsé and all these guys, are, you know, they're electric already. Yeah. But then some of these new guys coming through, you just think, geez, rapid. It's going to be tough. Rapid. Yeah. Another yeah, spicy element to the rugby mm. championship. Michael Checker joining the Argentinian coaching staff, linking up with his good mate Mario Ledesma. What did you make of that, Hoylesley? Yeah, I wasn't surprised. I remember after the 2015 World Cup, when before Michael had re-signed with the Wallabies, there was talk of him going to Argentina. As a head coach. Yeah, yeah, I think this is you know, a fair while ago. But he's always been a big city person. Like, he loved Leinster, he's in Paris. Um, I, look, I know he's come out and said at certain times that he probably never thought he'd coach against his mm. team but he's a professional coach and it's very difficult if you want to coach international level again you're going to have to coach against the Wallabies that's the world we live in so I think it'd be good for them I think yeah, uh, yeah I think you know he's I think he speaks the language he's you know very close to well, Mario. There's, there's no one out there at the moment that would have a better understanding of the Wallaby squad than yeah. Michael Checker uh, having coached him for the last number of seasons but also he's got a really good working relationship with Mario Ledesma though you know Stade Francais though yeah. um, Waratahs and Wallabies you know they, mm. they know that they work well together and so they'll be able to take that on to, uh, into the Argentinian setup. Maybe the other thing that will help the Argentinians as well is the fact that they are, they've been stale for the last couple of years at Tesla. We saw it through World Cup as well because they've had that crossover from Super in a test. Mm. There wasn't much variation. They probably weren't at their best, maybe with that new voice in there, new ideas. Mm. You, I mean, you two know it better than Lou and I do, but just to spark them and perhaps trigger them, they might actually ask some real questions through the rugby championship. It's funny, they've, they've always been really successful. Well, they've, had, they've really performed well at World Cups, so they're at 7, 11, 15, they've yeah. performed well. It was almost after the when they went and spent so much time together in Super Rugby. Yeah. They got their Super Rugby side of things right. We know the Haguaras made a final and a couple of years against the Crusaders, mm-hmm. they lost that final. But then at Test Rugby, yeah, they probably played out a little bit. Maybe it was through fatigue or lack of you know, variety because they've been together for so long. So again, them coming together in a short period of time, they've had a huge amount of problems with COVID. Um, they're, a, they're a side that I think scared, scared teams because you don't know what, they're so unpredictable. They go to New Zealand every year and they push the All Blacks and it's always down the last five minutes. So. I'll tell you what they do enjoy, they enjoy staying in Coogee. They do, don't they? They, they really enjoy it. <laughs> so some people down there should be a little bit scared because I think it was down there just smashing tins and yeah, getting right into it. But they do enjoy the, 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 the eastern suburbs of It's a hard place not to enjoy. Yeah, well, that's oh, here true. We go. They're in New South Wales for a couple of months as well, which makes it easy uh, for yeah. Michael Checker to be involved. I'm not sure, but I know in New South Wales, because most yeah. of the games are here. So Ma- Michael's now had to leave the Roosters bubble to go and join up with the, uh, the Argentinians. Yeah. The Bulls, yeah, yeah. Rory Arnold. Injured, not ideal when people are calling the whole um, you know situation of picking two players from overseas for the Wallabies squad the Arnold Amendment. Apparently, that's what my producers so put Drew, in here. You, th- you had a good oh, one before. The, the, Arnold, the Arnold arm amendment because he broke his arm. His arm. Uh, yeah. Did we have to reuse that? <laughs> yeah. We used it before. We yeah. <laughs> Wasted it, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's an issue. Uh, who else are sort of in the Wallabies sites now? Maybe his identical twin, Richie, who also plays over Nice there. option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will Skelton's an option. What we're hearing, though, is that there wasn't that many people this year that putting their hand up because of... COVID and you know, if you're going to want to, if you want to be involved in the Wallaby campaign, it's World Cups. You want to make your run, 
a year or two out for the World Cup. So, yeah, there's still plenty of players you can pick from. I don't know who we can get back. Some guys have just gone to Japan. There's yeah. still a lot of players overseas, but I, we were led to believe that this Rory might be, was the one that wanted to come back. This might be a silly question, but Shoot. do you get paid? Like, do you pick up a... If you were to come back, would you get an eight-week contract worth I think you 10 would, grand a week and then... Match payments on top of that. I think you know. I'm not asking you. Know. I would think that things have changed from 2015 when Matt mm-hmm. and I. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I came back from Toulon. There was no money in the kitty to, to pay us. No, Gids got paid. You've earned <laughs> Uh, but, also, but, but we also went to Toulon understanding that we wouldn't play for Australia again. So okay. they didn't pay us because they were like, well, hang on, you okay. signed this thing saying you wouldn't. So we were in a, a different position. Things have changed now. So clubs over there are signing players under the understanding that they might have to let them go. Um, and also um, Rugby Australia, you would think now that they're actually making amendments to the, the clauses and, and in contracts and things like that, that they would have a war chest of cash to be okay. able to offer players something because it's Not just I, I think it's it's too hard especially like you say far, this far out before a World Cup to expect players to come back and uh, you know and, and to sacrifice the cash that they're on but also for the other players that, are, um, that aren't in the Wallaby squad to take a clip on their contracts that then might supplement those players that are coming mm-hmm. back you know so if, if one of the players who isn't getting picked he's, he's only earning 70% of his, his wage if he feels that some of that money is then to front one of his one of the guys that's getting picked above him, um, you know, like there's 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 room there for unrest. But I, I, also, I also think if you're good enough, you'll you'll get picked. So yeah, okay. you know, that's just there's how it is, also but. there's injury risk, and you got guys in Europe that are coming off a season, and you got guys in Japan that are about to start a season. Yeah. So the Japanese clubs are probably a little bit nervous with their players going to play for the Wallabies, like your Sean McMahon's and your Samu Krevies and those sort of guys. Yeah. So uh, I, I think we've also got to look at what positions Dave Rennie thinks he, feel, he needs to fill rather than just seeing who's available and yeah. who wants to come back to say, okay, obviously the locking position was one that they they earmarked because, you know, Adam Coleman left, uh, Will Skelton, Skelton's gone, or, uh, the Arnold brothers, there's, there's uh, Isaac Rodder as yeah. well. So a number of uh, experienced locks went away. So that was an obvious one that we, we probably could do with a little bit of depth in, in this current squad. Maybe outside centre could be another one. Um, you know, you've got Hunter Pesami, you've got yeah. Jordan Patel who's injured. Uh, obviously, Reese Hodge can play there as well, but like say Samu Karevi outside Tamura and O'Connor, then yeah. you know all of a sudden looks a bit a yeah. spicy. Yeah. But all these will be answered. Gone but not forgotten, where we remember some of our favourite rugby players for their efforts both on and off the field. Hoyle Z, who you got this week? 
We've decided to go with Clyde Rathbone. White this. Rhino. White Rhino, you got the Clyde best base. the better stories. Um, I'll leave it to you. I know what he did do, which was, was really nice. We've had him actually Cooper played his first test, but he was before the game sitting in the stands in a suit, eating a yeah. pie. It was Elton Flatley who got knocked out in the warm-up, which Adam went onto the bench for. But then during the game, test match was won about 15, 10 minutes ago. Clyde went off, and as he was going off, Cooper went on, and Clyde gave him the wink. So that's often kept the tradition alive. Yeah, the tradition alive. If the game's no longer in the balance, and there's a debutant on the bench that you could have an impact of getting them on, you would sort of just say, "Doc, I've, uh, I've got an injured, I've got a cork or something." Basically, get, just get me off. Yeah. I, I went off for uh, for Kirtley's first one in the Millennium Stadium in Wales. Uh, a cork. And he said, "Drew, your legs fine." I said, "Doc, I've got a really bad cork." And he's like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I joined the uh, the Wallaby squad in 2004. Just sort of starting to come come in, and uh, you know, young guy Clyde was the, the incumbent uh, Test winger, and we're playing. Um, oh, we're actually just doing an opposed session, but no contact, like whatsoever. <laughs> and I just, I've got a ball off, off Gitzel, um, just running on it like on an overs line, and Clyde just come from nowhere, blindsided me, just shirt fronted me whacked me to the ground and I've just rolled over and I've just got blood pouring out. <laughs> he just like broke my jaw and I'm out for six weeks. No. And, and Eddie's like, fucking I said no contact. And I'm like, I think Clyde might have been colorblind because anyone who's a non-contact yeah. bit, but it didn't matter with Clyde. He was a hundred miles. He was a white Look, I'm not saying yeah. it was because I was coming through, but you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he momentarily forgot that yeah. there was no contact. No, no, that's how he, his whole career. Yeah, he was, was like, just, yeah, he was a machine. Tuesday Warriors. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive quad. Huge oh, point. Huge. So there, strong. There was talk of him maybe going into uh, bobsledding after he retired. You think in his time in between injuries, he did have a crack at it. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's more recently he's had a crack at uh, talent management in some regards. <laughs> looking after his brother Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne. Dwayne Dane. Dane. Definitely Dane. Dane. I'm only stirring. Yeah. Uh, Dane Rathbone. And I, they, he stitched me up a treat. So Dane's a comedian. Dane's a comedian. So, but I didn't know that. So we're going back like eight years. And he rings me. Clyde goes, oh, you, you know, what do you got? What, what, do you want to come to this story? My brother, he's an up and, up and coming guy. And he's just having a go. And he wants to become Brummy Jack for a night. I'm like, oh, mate, that sounds tops. Like, the way he sold it to me was that his brother had been through some tough times. Come on down to Canberra for the night yeah. and watch him become Brumby Jack. And I was like, that sounds terrific. Anyway, <laughs> so. What a feel good story. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. And I rock up, I'm like, this bloke's not on the level. Like, there's suddenly just a bit not quite going the right yeah. direction with day and I. Sure. Anyway, so we. What you say 60, 70 cents in the dollar? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I don't want to put a number on it. Classic hard to say. So we get out there and it was a night of big occasion. Like, there was a lot going on. They, they do the anthem. And there's the anthem, everyone's there, like some people are crying. He starts cartwheeling in the Brumby Jack outfit right behind it. I'm like, oh, there's something to reel off about this <laughs> he, did get, he did get warned Stops about that, didn't he? He got warned anyway. So the whole, the original Brumby Jack man has let it go for the night. So he is like, he's so nervous, his pace, his reputation's yeah. on the line. So we get to half time and I interview him, I'm like, how's it going? Hey, oh, we're killing it, we're going so great. I'm like, yeah, terrific. Tragedy unfolds. Two minutes into the second half, we get out there and he's like high-fiving kids and all of a sudden in that bottom right-hand corner at Canberra Stadium, he just stands up and goes, Whoa! and I'm talking about the biggest projectile vomit you've ever seen. It's like three metres. Through Brumby Jack's mouth. Yeah. And then he's <laughs> then like, the stuck, comes up. and then he's stumbling around and then he's like on the ground and it's so traumatic yeah. for the kids. Like kids are screaming behind yeah, him. They're like, oh, Brumby Jack's <laughs> dead. Yeah, someone goes out, someone put him down, he's done. And it's a kid screaming, it's all going on, it's so bad. And then he's like stumbling around on one hoof and he's like, bah, bah. 
And then the film crew has to like assist him and pull him up and drag him back into the sheds. And I, and I get and I get in. <laughs> I get in there and he's got like the white, like this. Uh, he's wearing a women's yeah. white singlet. Yeah, like a brassiere or something. He's wearing a brassiere, and um, he's like that. And I'm like, oh, mate, are you okay? And then Clyde comes in and Clyde goes. Clyde had played, hadn't he? Yeah, oh, he was injured at the time. Okay. So Clyde and I'd interviewed Poey and all those guys. They were like, oh no, Dane's the best. Anyway, so he's he's crumpled, you know, covered in spew in a woman's blouse, and then he looks up at Clyde and he goes, I don't know if I'm good for next week, but I should be okay. Back- I don't think they can have you back, mate. The background of it is he's a stand-up comedian, but he plays this sort of role of someone who's not all there, and I think Sean was basically just taken along for the ride. Yeah, they got me so good. To do the right thing. And, and yeah. it caused such drama. So the media manager at the time, Woodsy, almost lost his job. Um, I think Faze was might have, might have been CEO at yeah. the time. I think Jake White was um, coach. It caused huge drama in Brumby Land. Wow. People were going to go for it. Thanks to Mr. Rathbone. <laughs> Aussie Rugby Show Mailbag Time brought to you by Extra Hop. Uh, there is plenty around this week. We're going to talk about the Wallabies. Uh, tracky Ducks is the question from Jamie Sprague on Twitter. Are this season's Tracky Ducks the worst looking piece of Wallabies kits Ooh. ever produced? Uh, no. And I'll say that because recently with the Australian Sevens, they were wearing teal as a national colour. Mm. I'm a big fan of stock standard green and gold. I'm a traditionalist. Um, but they have to change the colours every year or so. It's only off-field stuff, so it's to get... I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, you've, I bought a, you've also bought a camo rashi, Sean, to sort of finish. I reckon Scott Johnson inspired. Remember when Scotty Johnson rocked up to the press conference dressed in, like, full camo, camo hat? Because yeah. they've been, they've been accused spying. of spying. Oh. He goes, yeah, look at me go. I'm in my camo. I, I, also, I like it. I also like the fact that you get to wear the green and gold if you earn the right to wear it on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I like that you have a different coloured training kit to, to the playing kit. Yeah. Uh, this one's also on Twitter from Matthew Sterling. Who's the biggest taskmaster you've ever trained with and who's the biggest one now? Drew? Well, um, Johnny Wilkinson and Gitz, I think, are the same type of person, just like mentally, the way that they um, apply themselves, almost the complete opposite to the way I did at training. Just, um, they just bury themselves every single day to the point where Johnny had been told, you've got to stop because you're no longer re- releasing those endorphins that you get when you, you, know, when you yeah. feel good after a session because he was just doing it that often. So those guys would just bury themselves. I mean, even now gets his training, you know, and he, he went down to Gangalan to play for the Eagles down there just because he's just keeping himself that fit yeah. and quite the opposite to what I'm doing. <laughs> I thought uh, David Pocock was in yeah. that category. Yeah, yeah. I, I roomed with him once and um, first thing they did was like when you land in that, I think we landed in Canberra, they go to the shops and they buy the certain foods that they want because the hotel food didn't have the right foods and he was eating you know, porridge and muesli. Even at, seven, at 17 when he went yeah. to the Western Force, he wouldn't go to bed until he hit 100 passes. You know like the, at the carnival where you put it through yeah. the hole? 100 passes left to right and right to left, wouldn't go to bed otherwise. They said after his Super Rugby debut and South Africa for the force. He was in the gym later that night. So, but from a oh, yeah, coaching point of view, yeah, you saw him. He's next to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, coaching point of view, I always found Jason Weber at the SNC that we had yep. in the early days of the Wallabies. He was a really you know, tough and stern strength and conditioner, so kept you on track. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, biggest regret in rugby. This is from Big Will on Twitter. You can't. He says you can't say losing a Bledisloe Cup. Ouch, because there have been a few of those. Okay. Oh, what a wanker. Yeah. I'm not answering this question. Um, biggest regret? I reckon my biggest regret is not worrying about 
getting fit because I was always told to get big and strong. You're, you're not heavy enough, you're not strong enough. So my strength was my ability to get around the park and with my whole career, not even actually what got me to play professional rugby, I kind of neglected and mm. because I was always worried about pleasing people to get heavier and stronger and probably should have just worried about, you know, being fit and fast. I got by because that was what I was okay at. But yeah, if I could go back and change a few things, that'd be the first thing I'd do. Drew? I don't know, probably just a couple of earlier nights. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sean? just, just yeah. sneaking before curfew. Well, if times. we were talking rugby professionally, commentary would probably have to mirror some of Drew's comments. <laughs> I disagree. Do your best work. Hong Kong without this league. I can't remember where I've been. Uh, that's it for the Aussie Rugby Show mailbag for this week. Thanks to Extra Hop for that. Guys, thanks for your company as well once again. Thanks for your company at home, wherever you're watching or listening. We're a podcast too, so get around that and we'll see you next time. That's it. Don't forget to subscribe to stay on top of the show with new episodes dropping each week. And remember, if moving pictures are more your thing, you can catch the show at rugbypass.com or via the Aussie Rugby Show on YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, your uncle, you know the drill. See you next week.